0: Okay, we are in week four. This is the final week of our series dealing with grudges. Grudges, we're dealing with that. Today's message is uh, today's message is the ABCs of divine forgiveness. The ABCs of divine forgiveness. Um, I want to let you know, too, I didn't say this in the beginning of this, but uh, I, I want you to know that I'm pulling some thought. As you know, I don't do all of this on my own. I need help. I need a lot of help. Everybody say amen. He needs a lot of help. Um, but anyhow, I need a lot of help, and I'm pulling some from Brooklyn Tab, Gateway Church, and whoever else I can find. I've got thoughts coming all around anyhow. But listen, today's message, I believe today's message is going to be life-giving on this issue of forgiveness. I think it's going to be life-giving. I think it's going to be something for every single one of us that we would be a part of. Um, I, I, want you to know, I want you to know that we have been called by God to be overcomers. Every one of us, we have been called by God to be an overcomer. Now listen, there's only two choices in all of that. Either you are an overcomer, either you are an overcomer, or you've been overcome. And that's a decision that you need to to, to deal with, that's something that you need to think about, you need to dig a little bit. In Philippians chapter 1, it says these words, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. This is a promise from God. God. God has made us to become overcomers. We don't need to be overcome, but we can be overcomers, no matter what may be going on in your life, no matter what it may be. And he starts it all off here in Philippians Philippians chapter 4, 13. He says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I don't know what's going on in your life. I don't know the private things. I don't need to know. I don't want to know. It's not important to me. But what is important to me is for you to know that no matter what it is, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. The second thing I want you to know, in 1 John chapter 5, verse 4, it says, for whatever is born of God overcomes the world. He's made us to be an overcomer, to overcome the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. You need faith. Where do you get faith? You get faith from God's word. You need to be having God's word coming into your life all the time. And lastly, we find in Revelation chapter 12, verse 11, and it says, And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb, and by the word of their testimony, they did not love their lives to the death. They did not. God has made us an overcomer. Jesus did not die on a cross so that we would have an ability to cope with everything that we're dealing with. Jesus died on the cross because he wanted you and I to have the ability of being more than a conqueror, the Bible says, more than a conqueror through him who loves us, and uh, we will be able to defeat all of our enemies, all of our foes, and somebody give me an amen. The issue of forgiveness or unforgiveness is, is, uh, is it's a huge undertaking. It's a huge thing to talk about because we all have been rejected, every one of us. We've been rejected at some time. We've been hurt. Uh, we've been hurt by family members and friends and business partners and, and maybe a boyfriend or a girlfriend or maybe a step-parent or whoever, however it may be in your life. And yet, in some cases, it's, it's just incidental. Uh, some of us are so used to being broken and to being hurt and being mocked and whatever it is that you're going through, sometimes we, we, just, uh, we just look at this as just something incidental. Uh, it's every day. It's just the way life is for me. I deal with this all the time. It's just the way life is. But then there's other cases. Other cases that it's horrible and devastating for you. I'm very sure that just about every one of us that are in this room for sure, there has been something that has happened to you that was devastating. When I say those words, immediately your mind goes there. You know what I'm talking about. It's, it's devastating. Even with some cases, some of you who have gone through what you've gone through, it's just beyond our ability for... Uh, many people to even begin to comprehend what it is that you've been through yourself, the things that you have gone through. But listen, but the Lord never gives us the ability to not forgive. He never gives us the ability to not forgive. We are to forgive. We simply have to forgive in every single circumstance. I know you don't want to hear this, but you're going to have to hear it. This is the last of the series, so you're going to listen to this. And it's good. I'm excited about this message. We simply have to forgive in every, every circumstance. And man, that's challenging. That is challenging. Go with me to Matthew chapter 18. This is Peter and Jesus conversing with one another. And Peter came to him and said to him, Lord, how many, how many, uh, how often shall my brother sin against me and I have to forgive and I forgive him? Let me start that again. Then Peter said to him, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times? No, 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 no. Jesus said, Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. Now listen, you need to understand, some of you are calculating right now, um, the issue is not about 490 times that you have to do this. The fact of the matter is every time Every time somebody offends you, every time there's somebody who has hurt you, every time, you have to forgive them every single time. This is the way that Jesus sees this. Now, Jesus is gonna tell us a story. He's gonna tell us what it's like in the kingdom of heaven related to forgiveness. This is really important, and I got a lot of scripture to read, so stay with me on this one thing. In Matthew chapter 18, verse 23, everything's gonna be projected behind me so that you'll be able to follow us along. So let me just read this to you. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who, who went to settle accounts with his servants. And when he had begun to settle accounts, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents, which would be more than $10 million. Okay, just keep those numbers in your head. I know they're just numbers, but it's a reality here. In fact, some would even declare it's much more than $10 million. But as he, would not, as he was not able to pay, his master commanded him to be sold with his wife and children and all that he had and that payment be made. The servant, therefore, fell down before him, saying, Master, Master, have patience with me, and I will pay you. Then the master of the servant was moved with compassion, moved with compassion, and forgave him the debt, forgave him of the $10 million that he owed. But that servant went out and found uh, found one of his fellow servants who owed him 100 denarii. 100 denarii is like about 100 bucks. Maybe let's go to 1000 if that would make you feel better. Um, whatever it's going to be. And he laid his hands on him and took him by the throat, saying, pay me what you owe. Pay me what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down on his feet, and he, be, he begged, saying, have patience with me, and I will pay you all. And he would not. But he went and threw him into prison till he should pay the debt. So there were other servants. So some other fellow servants saw what had been done. And they were very grieved and they came and told their master, the number one guy that we met in the very beginning here, uh, came to the number one guy, the master, after he had called him and said to him, uh, told him about what had been done. Let me say that. Verse 32, uh, then this master, after he had called him, said to him, you wicked servant, you wicked servant, I forgave you of all that debt because you begged me. Should you not also have had compassion on your fellow servant, just as I had pity on you? And this master, and his master was angry and delivered him over to the torturers. We're going to talk about torturers in just a minute. He turned them over to the torturers until you should pay that what was due him. And listen to this. So, my, just is Jesus. So, my heavenly father also will do to you if each of you, from his heart, from his heart, does not forgive his brother of his trespass from the lips of Jesus himself. This is what Jesus said. I want to make sure I'm in the right page. This is what Jesus said to each and every one of us. Here it is. That's where it is. I lost it. That's a pretty shocking story, isn't it? It's pretty incredible. I know that many of you have heard this story multiple times but I'm going to hit this at a little bit of a different angle as we go through this message today. Jesus is telling this story to illustrate what forgiveness looks like from God's perspective. This is how God deals with us. Exactly, as I've just read this story, this is exactly how God deals with each and every human being who calls upon his name. Each and every one of us is how he does this. So I want to talk to you about three shocking truths concerning unforgiveness. Three shocking truths concerning unforgiveness. Number one, it is shocking how seriously God takes this issue of forgiveness. It is shocking. It is shocking how seriously God takes this issue of forgiveness. Actually, actually, it's zero tolerance. There is, no, there is never a situation that God will allow you and I to not forgive. Not one single incident. Not one single incident. It's zero tolerance with God. Jesus said, if you don't forgive your brother from your heart, my father will turn, uh, turn you over to the torturers. We're talking about that. I'm going a little bit deeper. We'll get more about that in a minute. Literally, unforgiveness is torture. The beginning of, of, of torture begins when you and I are not forgiving those people who have offended you, those people who have hurt you, however bad it may have been or however not so bad it may have been. It's, it's uh, literally unforgiveness is torture, and there is torture that comes physically with stress and ulcers, with nervous disorder, with headaches, with high blood pressure, and on and on and on it goes. There are many phys- uh, physical problems that, that are caused by the lack of forgiveness. A lot of us are dealing with things right now, and you're dealing with those things because you're not forgiving, as God says, that you and I are to be, are to be forgiving, God never created us to be a storehouse of hatred, and when we decide to keep something within us, like unforgiveness, you've tucked that away, you've dealt with this person, this problem, multiple times, and you just sort of tuck this away on the inside, and you have bitterness or whatever, it just seems to eat you alive, physically, emotionally. You come with outbursts of anger, there's mood swings that you're dealing with, personality changes, and depression itself. The clinical definition of depression, by the way, is earn, ang, excuse me, is anger turned inward. Anger turned inward. Your emotions have, uh, have a very limited amount of energy. A very limited amount of energy. So it looks like the sun's going to come out today. So how about if we all go for a run? Let's all leave Word of Life. Let's do something we've never done before. And let's just start jogging. Now, the fact of the matter is most of us don't want to do that. I can't do that because I'm just too big, too fat, and I don't like running. But anyhow, we, we, we realize, what we all realize is that we have limitations to how far we can run. And I want to let you know, for your information, your emotions have a very limited amount of energy. And the highest, the highest consuming part of your emotional energy comes from anger. It comes from anger. When you and I are angry, when we are not forgiving, there is this emotional thing that is taking place in our lives. When you put anger on the inside of you, it's like putting your emotions on a treadmill. Then you wake up one day after being on this treadmill for weeks, for months, for years, day after day, going as fast as you can on that treadmill. Then all of a sudden, something happens to you and that something is called depression. And many people are medicated because of that. And the answer is not more medication. When you're angry with him, with her, when you're going through what you're going through, it's not more medication that's going to help you. The answer is is forgiveness. The answer is forgiveness. Give me a better amen. Come on, you got to believe this. Yes, some people do need medicine, and I understand that. But I'm telling you right now, We are an over-medicated society by not doing what God says we should do from his word. Our entire world, every human being on the planet is going to give an account to God at some day, sometime in in history, in eternity is really what I mean. And we're going to to have to give God an account to each and every one of us with who we are. So listen, God always unconditionally loves you. And God will give you as much grace as you're willing to give away to those who offend you, to those that you're mad at right now, you never want to talk to them again. If and when you're ready, and I hope it's soon, that you're ready to forgive that individual, God will give you plenty of grace. He will give you more grace than you would ever imagine so that you would be able to to be free of this thing. If we want God's river of grace to flow through us, then we can't be a dam of judgment and unforgiveness. We have to let it go. We have to let that go. So this is a story that Jesus told. He told about this man who, who, uh, whose forgiveness was revoked, all because of his unwillingness to forgive someone else, all because of him being unwilling to forgive somebody else. And then at that point, a demonic depression came through with this thing called unforgiveness. (coughs) Go with me to Ephesians chapter four, verse 36. Verse 26. And it says these words. Listen to what the scripture says. I know a lot of you Christians have heard this before. I know some of you have attended this church. I've spoken on this subject a few times in my years. Here's what it says. In verse 26, it says these words. Be angry. Be angry and do not sin. Be angry and do not sin. And then he says, Do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. Nor give place to the devil. Sorry, I lost my spot. Look at my notes. Do you blame me? Do you blame me for losing my spot? It looks like a collage to me. I don't know is that how you say it. The answer is forgiveness. It is forgiveness. This story that Jesus is talking to us about is, is about the fact that, listen, he says this. He says, when you go to bed, when you're angry, when you go to bed and you're angry, when you are going to bed and you're angry, you are now dealing with this thing of being unforgiven, Unforgiving others as well. And when you go to bed with these kinds of things in you, The door is open for the devil himself to come. We believe in that here at Word of Life. We believe there really is a devil. There's a a one who fights against everything of God that is trying to cause you and I to fall away from God and to live forever without God. Our uh, our unforgiveness, our unwillingness to forgive leaves leaves an open door for the enemy to come in. So the scripture says, be angry. That's fine. Be angry, it says, Um, It's fine because God himself gets angry. We see it within the scriptures. So if God does this, we can do this. So be angry, that's fine. But the scripture says don't sin. Don't sin. Don't justify bad behavior. Don't go to bed on this thing. Don't go to bed with what it is that you're angry about, what it is you're dealing with. Don't go to bed on it, or you will, be, you will, you will uh, give an opening to the devil to come and to slander the person that you're dealing with right now, that you're holding uh, all of this bitterness against. Listen, please. If you go to bed with anger, you will be counseled by the devil himself, and you won't even know it. You won't, you won't even know it. I mean, you're going to go to bed, and you're going to be angry, and you're going to be ready to go up one side and down the other of that person that you're angry with. And what you don't realize is that you've allowed the enemy to come in and he slithers. He comes in a way that is without any, any uh, ability for people to just see and know for sure that this is what's happening. And the enemy begins to say things and do things to you. You can be deeply embedded by thoughts about your spouse, maybe. You can have an issue that's going on between you and your, your husband, your wife, your kids, whoever, however you may be in relationships. It, it, it could be that you are... are, are, are Upset about your peers or about people that are around you that are totally deceived. And when you all of a sudden begin to think that you have been enlightened because you can see the problems that they're going through. And you begin to counsel them that way that you're going through. And the Bible tells us that that's part of the torture that Jesus talks about in, in these scriptures. When God says it's torment or it's torture, he's talking about that with a reality. It's, it's relationally. When we are dealing with these things on our own, it takes us down levels that you wouldn't even imagine. So it causes us to, it causes torture relationally, socially, with division or racism. Think about all the devastation that hatred has caused, that it has caused. It's caused war and violence and divorce, lawsuits and murder, loss of value of life. Can you believe how loss, the value of life has happened here in America and around our world? The multiple of killings and murders and multiple people being killed at once, not just one or two, of which none of them are excused. It's unbelievable. Here are three things about forgiveness that I want to talk to you about. Three things. Number one, the poison of unforgiveness. The poison of unforgiveness damages the vessel it is stored in, worse than anything you could imagine. Let me say it again. Listen to this. The poison of unforgiveness Damages the vessel it is stored in worse than anything you can imagine. Unforgiveness damages us. It damages us. And God won't do anything about it. I'm telling you this. It's one of the worst things that could happen to us, that we would be with unforgiveness, and God will not lift a finger at all to help you. Do you know why? Because you're the one that needs to Forgive. You and I are the one. When we have this unforgiveness going on inside of us and we are now becoming, our lives are being damaged. We're going through things that we should never be going through. We're we're having all kinds of issues. The scriptures are clear. It's talking about the fact. The reason why this is happening is because you need to, the answer that you need to have for this is that you need to forgive them. You need to be the one that is willing to forgive them. Number two, forgiveness doesn't make them right. It just makes you free. Forgiveness doesn't make them right, it just makes you free. Forgiving someone, forgiving someone is not just their right, but it is because God is looking to set you and I free. That's what the will of God is for all of this, is for us to be set free. Number three, forgiveness is one of the most self-loving things you could ever do. One of the most Forgiveness is one of the most self-loving things that you could ever do. Forgiveness is the mother of all issues. If you're hurting today because of someone in your life, maybe your mother, your father, your brother, your sister, maybe it was a cousin, maybe it was an aunt, maybe it was uh, whoever it may be in your life. My friend, listen to me. I love you. I'm your pastor. I'm trying to help you. You and I, if you don't forgive, if you don't and won't forgive them, you won't be healed. You will not be healed, period, You will carry that scar with you to your grave until you come to the place where you are ready to forgive them for what they've done. And you can do that today. You can do that this afternoon. You can do this anytime that you want. You don't need to carry this ball and chain with you any longer. You can do something about this if you would. Unforgiveness is the the mother of all issues. It is the mother of all issues. So if we don't forgive from our heart, God says, God says he's not going to forgive us of our sins. Listen, my friend, listen, I love you. I really do. But you can't just simply say, I, I forgive him. I, I'm just going to forgive you. Just leave me alone. I'm just going to forgive you. And that's where the check is with God. It has to be more than just that. If we don't forgive them from our hearts, from our heart, God says he will not forgive you. Of your sins. Listen, in the Lord's Prayer, Jesus says these words. He says, forgive us of our debts as we forgive our debtors, is what it says. And that's the deal. He will give us as much grace as we want to give away. If we want to forgive somebody, he's going to give you the grace to do it. Once you start taking those steps forward, your heart is going to beat fast. You may have a little bit of uh, sweat coming out of you, but when you move toward that person to forgive them, and it's over, and it's coming from your heart, it's going to change everything. And then when Jesus finished the Lord's Prayer in Matthew chapter 6, verse 13, he, uh, he, he ended up saying, <clears throat> he ended up uh, only repeating something that he said earlier in the prayer. The prayer is all over. The scriptures have ended at verse 13. And now Jesus is, is ready to say one more thing and pick it up with me at Matthew chapter 6, verse 14 and 15. Then Jesus says this, For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But but if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins, is what the Scripture says. It's shocking how serious God takes forgiveness. It's shocking of all of that. And listen, forgiveness, forgiveness is conditional. You're the one that decides it. There's something going on inside of you right now with some of the relationships that you've had and you're really angry about. That's not God condemning you. That's God trying to awaken you. Do something about this. Find yourself living in freedom. Number number two on this is, is shocking. <clears throat> it's shocking how petty unforgiveness seems from God's pr- perspective. It's shocking how petty unforgiveness seems from God's perspective. So Jesus is telling a story about a man who, who's a master, and another man owes him a zillion dollars, a zillion dollars that he could never pay. And honestly, that's the point of the whole message. That's the whole point of us dealing with what we're dealing with right now. The reason why you're mad is because this guy owes you, this girl owes you, however it may be. And the master forgave him of that that debt 100%. Then that same man, he goes out and he finds a fellow servant, he finds someone who owes him about a thousand bucks. All right, let's say 10,000. All right, let's say 100,000. It's worth the fight now. And, he, and he, says, uh, he says, I want my money back. I want you to give me my money. And he starts beating the guy. He starts fisting the guy. He starts hitting the guy. And the servant begins to beg forgiveness. Please just forgive me. Please just forgive me. And that guy who's doing all the punching says, no, I'm not going to forgive you. And the fellow servants go and tell the master, Tell the master what the forgiven servant, the original forgiven servant had done. And the Bible says the master is furious about this. And the truth of the matter is, this is what unforgiveness seems to be like. It's going through these motions, these things that we're dealing with. Number three, it's shocking how much different we are from God when it comes to the issue of forgiveness. It's shocking how much different we are from God when it comes to the issue of forgiveness. We are not like God. We want to be. Maybe for those who have been serving God for many, many years and know the word of God real well and doing your very best, you may be closer to God than others that way, that way. God loves you all, loves us all the same. But as far as closeness to God, we we have different levels that we're all at. But unlike, how unlike God we are when it comes to forgiveness, even for the most seasoned believer. Let me talk about the meaning the meaning of forgiveness. Oh, I'm sorry, I just jumped a little bit here. Go with me to Psalm 103. Psalm 103, the Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in mercy. He will not always strive with us, nor will he keep his anger forever. He has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor punished us according to our iniquities. Did you hear that? What the psalmist is saying, we deserved a whole lot more a whole lot more than what we've been given. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, <clears throat> so far he has removed our transgressions from us. And the father pities his children, so the Lord pities those who fear him. For he knows our frame and he remembers that we are just dust. What an amazing God we serve. Amen. If you don't know God today, if you're here for the first time, second time, and you've never given your life to Jesus, this is not the Assemblies of God. This is not an assembly of God thing. This is a Bible thing. If you would give your life to Jesus, you wouldn't begin to believe how amazing our God is, how much he loves you, the plan that he has for your life and my life. You just wouldn't believe it. He's an amazing God. He's kind. He's full of mercy and grace. He understands that we're just mere human beings. So let me talk to you now about the, about the meaning of forgiveness, different levels that we're going on because you keep on hearing me say one, two, and three. I just do one, two, and three again. Well, we're going to different levels of all of this. So let me talk to you Let me talk to you about the meaning of forgiveness. Number one, uh, uh, personally forgiving all debt and bringing a balance to zero. What we have been called by God with forgiveness is that we're going to forgive all debt and bringing the balance to zero. That means, that means you don't owe me anything. If you have offended me or if you offend somebody and they want to forgive you, what that means is, is that you don't owe anything. There's no explanation needed, no apology, nothing. Absolutely Nothing forgiveness means that there is no debt here, is what it means. Psalm 103 that I just read to you says, as far as the east is from the west, the reason for that word coming in here is because God is letting us know he forgets it. As far as the east is from the west, the sin that you've done, he forgives you so much that he says, I forget it. I choose as God. He says, I choose to forgive it. And God has the ability to do what we can't do. We can't just forget it. We have to go through this this thing of forgiving them, of saying, I forgive you. And we'll get to more of that in just a moment. And it doesn't make any difference in our relationship with God. When God forgives you, you and I are 100% forgiven. Come on, give the Lord a round of applause. We are 100% forgiven. Forgiven. That means that Jesus paid the price so that you don't have to pay it. That's why he went to the cross. But someone has to pay it but someone has to pay Let me explain it like this to you. When I say I forgive you, what I am saying to you is, is that I'm willing to pay the price for what you've just done to me. In other words, you have offended me, you have rejected me, you have hurt me, but I'm willing to say I'll pay the price. I forgive you. I forgive you for that. I forgive you for what you've said and what you've done. The meaning of forgiveness is is uh, the meaning of forgiveness number another new category that I'm dealing with here. Um, the meaning of forgiveness is permanently forfeiting the right of reproach. Permanently uh, forfeiting the right of approach. And what that means is is that I'm not going to harm you. I'm not going to harm you. I'm not going to beat you. I'm not going to bring reproach on you. Because once I have forgiven you, it's over. Is what the scripture says number 2. Permanently uh, forgoing all, uh, the meaning of forgiveness is permanently uh, forgoing all expressions of private and public ju- judgment. What that means is something like this. I'm not going to call you names. I'm not going to talk, talk about you. I'm not going to keep this thing constantly stirred up as I see you whenever I, I'm not going to talk to you about it again. I'm not going to, I, I, I want to release you completely I want to release all of this, permanently forgoing forgoing all expressions of private and public judgment. Here's what forgiveness doesn't mean. Another new category. Here's what forgiveness doesn't mean. And this is very important. Number one, it doesn't mean that I lose the right of self-protection. Listen to me. Listen to your pastor, please. We've had this in the church for years. It's in the church throughout the world. It doesn't mean I lose the, the right of protection. If someone is abusing you, if they're abusing you physically, emotionally, or sexually, get away from them. Pack your bags, kick them out, whatever you need to do, but get away from them. Listen, you can still protect yourself and forgive. It's, it's okay to do that. You still will be able to forgive. It doesn't mean that you have to let yourself to be a target for further abuse. So Jesus says, be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. So if you're going, if you are in a relationship that is abuse, uh, uh, abusive uh, and hurtful to you, it's not wrong for you to protect yourself. It's not wrong for you to protect yourself against that kind of, a, of, of assault that comes your way. Number two, it doesn't mean It doesn't mean um, it doesn't mean that there shouldn't be punishment or consequences. My friend, I can forgive you. I really can. (laughs) But you might end up in jail anyhow. You see, we sometimes think, you know, when we get the snot beaten out of us and there's an arrest that a cop wants to make because of that, and all of a sudden, I don't want to press any charges. Ain't I a good Christian? Ain't I amazing? Holy God. Look at the blood all over me, man. And I forgave him. That's the wrong heart and it's the wrong attitude. The fact of the matter is, is that sometimes, I'm not saying every time, but I am saying sometimes it is the right act that that we have to, to, uh, forgiveness doesn't doesn't just naturally erase punishment or consequences. Number three, it doesn't mean that I can't seek legal or police protection. I may have to call the police because of what you've done. I may have to call the police, and, and I may even need to get in touch with a lawyer as a result of all of this. But listen to me, my friend, as I close, begin to close this off right now. The issue here is, how's your spirit? How's your spirit in all of this? If my spirit is revenge, vindication, it's not good, and it's not God. But if my spirit is to glorify God and to do the right thing for everyone that, that's involved with this, then that's beginning to do the right thing. Here are some forms, forms of forgiveness, because unforgiveness takes on many forms. Revenge, sometimes, sometimes dealing with forms of unforgiveness, there's revenge, there's murder, there's violence, there's abuse, there's hatred, there's slander, there's gossip, sometimes there's verbal abuse, sometimes there's name calling, sometimes there's labels, sometimes it ends in divorce. I think you know this probably, but Jesus told the Pharisees, he says, You're, you divorce because of the hardness of your hearts. And of course the way a heart gets hard is by one drop of unforgiveness at, at a time every night that you go to bed and you haven't dealt with it yet. There's also rejection. Rejection comes with passive-aggressive uh, pass, passive behavior, which means two things. Now let me say it to you twice. Twice. It means two things. Passive ag- aggressive behavior means two things. Number one I'm not going to do something for you that I know you want and I'm not and I'm going to do something to you that I know you don't want. Let me say it again. I'm not going to do something for you that I know you want. I'm not going to do that for you. And I'm going to do something to you that I know that you don't want. That's passive aggressive behavior. Then there's transference of affection. It means that you're, you're going to give your affection the affection that you had for him, for her, for them, whoever it may be that I once had is now gone. You're not going to get any affection from me whatsoever. I'm not going to be a part of that. You're just not a part of it. Hang with me as I conclude. A couple minutes before we're out of here. I want you to know today that Jesus did not, excuse me, the Romans did not kill Jesus. The Jews didn't kill Jesus. All of this is what that foolish servant never really knew and never really grabbed the hold of. But you killed them. And you. And you. And you. And you. And you. And you. And me. You killed them. You killed them. When I got saved, I knew. When I gave my life to Jesus, 1971, I was 16 years old. When I gave my life to Jesus as a Roman Catholic, when I got born again, when I got saved, I knew that I was forgiven by God. I knew it. I felt something. I never felt before on the inside of me as a Catholic. But this encounter that I had with Jesus, I knew I was. And it all came on me by the power of the Holy Spirit. In an instant, I knew. In an instant, I knew I was forgiven. And as a result of that, I knew in an instant how much Jesus suffered because of me. The sin that I was living in. The sin I was a part of. Not even caring about God. I was a Catholic, but I didn't care about God. Not very much anyhow. And I also knew by the power of the Holy Spirit, I knew how much God loved me. When I could see what I have done that would cause God to go to the cross, I realized now, I see by the power of the Holy Spirit, that he has forgiven me of all my sin, of all my sin. Let me say it this way. You personally killed the most righteous person in the history of our world. And you, sir, ma'am, and myself deserve judgment. But God, but God who is rich in mercy has forgiven you and 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 me. God who is rich in his mercy has forgiven you and me. We owed God a zillion dollars, and there was no way we could come up with a zillion dollars. There's no way we could have done it. Listen, you need to remember, you and I need to take into account that when you go to, to settle accounts with whoever that person is, whatever the issue is between you and them, we, you and I need to, when we go to settle those accounts with others that have done you wrong, you and I always need to remember who we really are. What that person has done against you, you need to remember before you start doing whatever you're going to be doing that would prove him to be wrong you and I need to realize who we really are and the amazing grace and forgiveness God has given each and every one of us. We can never forget that. We can never forget the amazing grace. We can never forget all that God has done for us by allowing His Son to pay the price for our sin. God, we love you that much. Come on, let's give Him a round of applause. Would you all stand to your feet, please? Every one of you, if you would just stand to your feet just for a moment. Luke chapter 6, 20. 28 says, bless those who curse you and pray for them who spitefully use you. My friend, I don't know about you, but I used to say all the time when I got injured, hurt, picked on, whatever it is, I don't get mad, I just get even. And I would get even multiple, multiple times. I don't want to talk about that anymore. But the fact of the matter is, part of your freedom, Randy's, Chiz's freedom, your, whoever your name is, your freedom, part of you living in the freedom is because you get to the place where you will bless those who curse you and pray for those who spitefully use you. God is going to bless you and I beyond imagination, and he's working it out right now as you move forward. Would you please bow your heads and close your eyes? Should you be here today for the first, second, third, or twenty-third time? And maybe you've never really given your life to Jesus. I've said this many times already today, but this is not about Word of Life Church. This is about God. This is about Jesus. This is about the Bible. It's not about a church. Yes, this is a great church and these are wonderful people, but that's not what I'm talking about. If you've never given your life to Jesus, if you've never asked him to become the Lord and leader of your life, just come in. All I said to Jesus was this, if it's real, I want it. And boom, it got, I got nailed from heaven wonderfully. And my friend, that's all you need to do. So I'm going to say a quick prayer. It's going to be a very simple prayer. I want you to pray it with me if you want to give your life to Jesus today. Again, not to word of life, but you're giving your life to Jesus. And you're doing that between him and you. This is a personal thing between him and you. So I'm going to pray a very quick prayer, a very simple prayer. And I want you to repeat it. And you can say it out loud. You can say it with your lips. You can say it even within your mind and heart. But pray this prayer with me, would you please, if you want to give your life to Jesus. Dear Lord Jesus, I give you my life. I admit to you I'm a sinner. Forgive me of my sin and become the Lord and become the leader of my life. In Jesus' name I pray.